Hey everybody, welcome back to Players, Creators, Procrastinators. This is Aaron, joined by... Uh, me, Tanner. Hi. Tanner, and also we have a special guest, Brennan. What's up, guys? I'm Brennan. Um, Brennan's a Brennan's a third party. Brennan, we brought Brennan in because we need an opinion, right, Aaron? We need a neutral third party to uh, judge us. Wait, why? Why do we need a third party guest? Because guess what? It's probably in the description, but we're going to have a presentation of our tabletop ideas. Um, and then Brennan here is going to judge us and decide which one of our ideas, mine, should be picked. And <laughs> we're going to move forward with that one, whichever one it should yeah, be mine. Yeah, mine. Right. Sorry. It's mine. I'm excited. Yeah, it'll be this good. It'll be fun. It'll be a good time, yeah. yeah. So um, before we get to that, though, we're going to talk a little bit about tabletop games, our experiences with tabletop games. We're going to try to define what a tabletop game is, mm-hmm. uh, which is going to be very difficult, mm-hmm. uh, but we will do our best. And as a recap for last episode, basically all you need to know is that we're going to make a tabletop game first, a board game, yes, and then a video game. Yep. Yes, we are. And... Um, our, our only criteria was that it has to be fun and unique and unique. Yes. We, we didn't want to be boring and we wanted to try new stuff, um, which is highly innovative of us. That's not very hard. So, um, right off the top, I just want to say real quick, um, thank your sponsors between, yeah, yeah, thank the sponsors. (laughs) Thank you. Um, all the sponsors. Uh, uh, what's the Gremlin what Gremlin Energy Drinks? Thank you for thank you for your sponsorship. Thank you. <laughs> thank um, you for Green Hat. Yeah, um, it's like Blue Apron, but they just. Anyways, um, <laughs> um, thank you, Green Calf. Uh, the energy drinks, the other energy drinks. Um, we have Monster, and then it's like Red Bull. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> Because green, green is the inverse, is yeah, stupid. yeah. Well, green is the inverse of red on a color wheel, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and calf is the inverse of a bull yes. on the animal wheel. <laughs> Clearly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so yeah, thank you to our sponsors. That makes sense. Um, you have more experience with a tabletop than both yeah. of us, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. So <laughs> that's. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not trying to be egotistic, but that is a true statement. Um, can you? I guess. Can you describe what a tabletop is to the best of your ability? So, yeah, I've tried this before. It's hard. Um, Defining, like, giving proper definitions for games is difficult. I'd argue that a tabletop game is a game in which uh, Mm -hmm. speech is the primary mode of play. Um, Mm -hmm. You do not require um, physical objects such as cards, a board, etc., like in a board game. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, speech is the primary mode, of, primary mode of play with a set of rules defining that play, um, which is basically a requirement of a game. I'm not going to go into the definition of a game. Mm-hmm. Suffice it to say, I'd say the definition of a tabletop game is a game in which speech is the primary mode of play and you have a set of rules dictating that play. Got it. So it's role play out the wazoo. Yes, sure. Uh, so, uh, sure. Okay, tabletop games like Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Pathfinder, Powered by the Apocalypse, um, Dust Devils, which I still love. Uh, the Dogs of the Game. Y- yes, Dogs of the Vineyard, that sort of thing. What is Dogs of the Vineyard? I believe it is a game in which you play uh, early colonial settlers who either they might be Quakers. I kind of forget. I remember it involves religion because of. Oh, it's Quakers. Yeah, I know. Dude, I know. We're at Whittier College. It's and always the Quakers. It is the Quakers. But uh, Dogs of the Vineyard, yeah, it's like a game where you play colonial settlers. I think um, if I was going to go into a fantasy world and step away from the real world as an escape, 
Um, I probably wouldn't choose Quaker as my. No, <laughs> <laughs> but like historical, like tabletop RPGs are like yeah. a thing that like people playing. Are you saying you wouldn't want to play like a World War II RPG? Absolutely not. Okay, you're boring. <laughs> you're you're you lame. Want, oh wow. You want to role play World War II? I, I mean, that and sounds fun. Yeah, that, right. I no. like. World War II, yeah. If you like history, like yeah, you can be into that sort of thing. Twist, yeah, exactly. Like if the Nazis won, yeah, exactly. Like if like the Nazis won, or like if they had access to like occult powers, like stuff like that. Like that's a historical like fiction, but it's still like a historical tabletop RPG. Okay, you said the word Wolfenstein, and that That is not a tabletop game. Well, yeah, but it's still like that sort of thing, right? Yeah, you can create Wolfenstein within a tabletop game. Interesting. You definitely could. Exactly. Okay, so so we're gonna. Present our own role-playing tabletop ideas. Yes, we're going to play hmm. tabletop role-playing games. We're going to um, present those. We have come up with them. Yes. One idea each. One idea each. One idea each. How long do you think each of them are going to go? These pitches. Uh, I don't know. That's Mine. It's going to be an elevator speech, baby. Oh yeah. Um, like thirty seconds. Oh. I'm gonna. I will do my best to summarize, <laughs> and then I'll open the floor to questions. <laughs> See, so you're going to so have lecture. a lecture. Yeah. Uh-huh. Speech. Yeah. You're gonna have a full on yeah, fucking TED talk. Yeah. And mine's gonna be short and to the point. I have a PowerPoint, I have my laser pointer right here. Boop boop boop. Bloop bloop. Exactly. Yep. It's gonna be great. It's okay. gonna be great. Fantastic. Okay. Sure. I have brochures. <laughs> brochures, motherfucker? Yeah, bro. Sure. Um <laughs> so let's talk about real quick our um our experience with tabletop games. We've already talked about that a little bit in the first episode. Yeah, but we can delve into it a bit more. Right, but now we're gonna uh, sort of define um like what do we like and dislike about you know, tabletop RPGs. Sure. Do you want to go first, Dan? Sure, I'll go first. Who cares, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I really like um, customizability with tabletop RPGs. Um, the more options I have, the happier I am. Not even, not even choosing them, just reading through the book and seeing mm-hmm. what the options are, I like. Um, so... Those are my favorite types of games too. I love games with a lot of customizability. Uh, some old some old Star Wars games had a lot of customizability, and um, Shadowrun. Shadowrun's a cyberpunk RPG. Mm-hmm. There, at least in previous editions, I don't know if the newest editions still have this, but they had like books of just like technology, like like futuristic technology that you could buy, cybernetic enhancements, like books filled with that stuff, and I love that shit. This I drink is, it up. Yeah. This is the tabletop game, yeah. Shadowrun, right? Yeah. Because I know they had like a whole video yeah. game series. Too, yeah, Shadowrun. TV show. Yeah, they made, I don't know if they had a TV show. I think there was an animated um, like clips or like animated shorts. That wouldn't be, that wouldn't surprise me actually. Yeah. But um, yeah, Shadowrun, it was originally a tabletop RPG that they then turned into a video game. Uh, okay. I, I've played Dragonfall, which is pretty good. They're like, they're pretty good um, old school RPGs. I mean, you know, classic RPGs. Um, mm-hmm. Not really my cup of tea, but they're good. For me, it was the FPS RPG game, and I just pounded, like, so many hours into that. It was so fun. Did it? What is FPS? Shadow First Person Shadow. Shooter. Why not? But what do you mean FPS RPG? Um, so, like, Borderlands, where it has, like, skill trees and stuff, right? Kind of. I mean, it was a lot more simple. You you level up throughout, like, really short, like, 10-minute uh, games, and you get, like, more and more abilities, and you can use mm-hmm. them to, like, control and manipulate the map. That's cool. I don't um, remember a Shadowrun video game. That's crazy. It was weird. It was it was a really weird, unique game. Like, How old vibe, was it? Do you remember? Man, like, 2000, 2000, 2009. I yeah. I played that, it all the way to, like, I, 2014. That makes sense. Yeah. That's crazy. It was really unique, really mm-hmm. different. They had, like, races and classes and everything. That's crazy. So, I want to look this up later because <laughs> that sounds awesome. So addicting. So fun. Um, so so customizability. Yeah, it's great. It's is the bee's knees. Yes. Um, I guess what I dislike is 
combat. Okay, here's the no. thing. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. So, I dislike combat that is boring. I yeah. I dislike fighting through waves of enemies mm-hmm. or fighting the same enemy over and over, mm-hmm. um, which sometimes happens. Right. Um, with D and D, where you're just like, oh, here they are again, another encounter of yeah. seven goblins. And then you Fantastic. Just roll a d20. Is yep. like part of the problem with D and D. Combat with D&D's combat is that you have to invest in order to get anything out of it. In my opinion, like you can make D&D combat very interesting, but the players have to be like, like have to work together and like think out their moves. Like mm-hmm. it is very, um, like strategic if you want it to be, but if you don't play it strategically, then it's not really fun. Right. Yeah, I think it gets dull if you don't do that. So probably at higher levels when these mobs are like. A little harder to kill. Yeah, to, I like, mean, I think it. Yeah, it does. You can't get, just roll the die. You got to plan things out. Yeah, it gets I, a little better. Yeah, I think right. it does get more interesting at higher levels because you have to think a little more. Like Brennan said, it's mm-hmm. like wave, but waves and waves. Yeah, that, that gets. That, yeah, that gets tedious and boring. Mindless, um, yeah, and mindless. there's no reward for that really. Mindless rolling, yeah, yeah. tabletop. Mm-hmm. So the biggest dislike is it just it just takes so time. It just takes so much yeah. time, mm-hmm. and at the end of it, I don't even feel like I did anything. Plus, if it feels artificial, like. You're traveling, and then seven goblins jump out. Like that's not like like a natural encounter. But if you, like if they're like escalating mm. tension, and then like all of a sudden this dude's like pulls out his swords like on guard. That's kind of cool. <laughs> not like a goblin says on guard. No, but like if the, if you're like talking to somebody, right? Like uh-huh. this like warlord, and you're trying to convince him to not do something, and then like you just get getting heated and heated. That's cool. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Unpredictability. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. It arises naturally, not just randomly. Random is hard to make natural in a lot of cases, you know? So I guess in both those cases with the uh, with the encounter on, like, creating the encounter and with mm-hmm. um, playing through it, it comes down to what I dislike, apparently, is um, boring DMs or boring players. Yes, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. No, yeah. No, and that's, like, something that tabletop RPGs hmm. should be able to do is, like, facilitate, like, enjoyment, like, smoothly. You shouldn't have to... In my opinion, like, a game should be able to, like, be fun without you having to, like, focus on it, like, super hard and, like, force it to be fun, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, Games like that are okay if you enjoy them. But, in my opinion, a fun game is one that does not require that, like, extra step, you know? Yeah. Like, the base level of D&D is shoot it with an arrow. But the one where you're having, where you think about it and you have more fun is... You shoot the arrow at this, and that falls on the goblin and squishes it. Yeah, sure. That's yeah, a exactly. Funner. Yeah, that sort of thing is more fun, yes. Um, so th- I guess uh, that's my likes and dislikes. Like, I just like customizability. It dislikes um, when the game becomes too stale or repetitive. Mm-hmm. Um, how about yourself, Tan Man? So, so yeah, my I... Friend, <laughs> my lover. Oh, shut up. So I like games that have a lot of customizable- customizability, like Where'd you, you get said. that from? Did you hear that recently? Uh, it, yeah, it's a whole original thought. Um, no, like games that have a lot of customizability, like I said, Shadowrun, sort of, and um, the old Star Wars games. I love games with a really intriguing world mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that allow me to like play in them. Um, I'm a big fan of games that try something different, that don't just do the whole roll dice for and you get stats and stuff like that. Right. Um, Like I said, Dust Devils, you play poker. I keep going back to that because it's a good, easy example. But I like Dust Devils because you can, um, 
you know, play poker hands, and that's interesting, intriguing. You know what I mean? Right. It's and a different type of play. That's the mechanic of rolling dice. Yeah, you play right. a whole poker hand to see the outcome of what you've done. Right. Like, that sort of thing is very interesting to me, and it's more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like games that kind of mix things up. I'm Like, I can enjoy D&D and Pathfinder and all these games, but mm-hmm. where I find a, my most fun is usually stuff that's a little bit outside the box in terms of mechanics, if that makes sense. Yeah. What um, do you hate? What oh what do what I what do you hate, hate about what it? What do I dislike? Um Dungeons and Dragons combat. <laughs> like hey. like like the same thing. I think it can get very dull. I can enjoy it, but it's hard. Um I also am not a fan of games that um where like the rules don't allow for roleplay very well or don't allow for um, soft skills a lot. Fourth mm-hmm. edition of Dungeons and Dragons had this problem where it was very combat focused, which is uh-huh. fine, but that's not a game I enjoy. Um, fifth right. edition kind of improved that, but I love Pathfinder because it has so many rules for everything. Right. It like it feels like you can do anything and that you can just look and be like, oh yeah, there's a rule for this or there's a stat for this. You know what I mean? Right. It allows for a lot of customizability. It has a lot of rules for like it's social interaction or stuff like that. Um, so you can focus the game on yeah. just role player, you know, focus it more on yeah, combat depending yeah. on Sure, yeah, yeah. Like. That sort of stuff is like fun to me. I like a game system that is versatile mm-hmm. um, unless it is focused, very focused. I don't like an in-between Dungeon Dragons all that time is like that in between where it kind of tries to do combat and social, right. but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Either, it's not. Either, sorry, it tries to do like Dungeon Dragons is the midpoint between being too focused and being like versatile, right? Mm-hmm. It's not doesn't have the rules to be versatile, but it doesn't have the focus to be like fun. Super concise. Yeah, exactly. Right. Whereas Pathfinder gives you all those rules. Yeah, and exactly. Stuff. As an right. example, um, okay. that sort of thing, you know, kind of breaks it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. If I, that's kind of a convoluted answer, but yeah, definitely watching like having played a couple games with Tanner and Aaron. But in Ooh. Tanner's case, he definitely doesn't prefer combat. It's yeah. it's all about those soft skills and, and like maneuvering, like social interactions, and figuring out a different way to it. Yeah, just because mm-hmm. you know, like what Aaron said, a lot of that combat gets really monotonous, mm-hmm. and it's um, pretty much the same thing. Exactly. You know, just so you're around. on the same same board with your likes and dislikes. Or? Um, I I mean I like that like grindability and that reward and that like feeling of progress and combat can give that to you mm-hmm. but I think I haven't played too consistently over the years so maybe I just haven't gotten old of it yet like mm-hmm. tired of it um what I really like though in a D&D game is the story and like believability I want mm-hmm. like I want to escape yeah uh-huh. yeah I want to go somewhere else with my buddies and yeah. apparently yeah. you want to be a Quaker no, it's just interesting. <laughs> I'm up. not opposed to being a Quaker. That mean, I don't know. Brennan it keeps an oats. open mind. I keep an open mind. Uh-huh, exactly. I make some oats. Make some oats. Shut Wear up. a cool hat. Turn some butter. Know. I don't think those Tread hats are very cool. Butter. So real quick question. Your opinion. What are you guys' favorite D&D classes, just out of curiosity? Oh, um, fuck. I can say Bard. Like, okay, I'll go yep. with, like, I love Bard. I love Charisma as a stat. I love their flavor. I love every part have of Bard t- in every game. Have you tasted them? What are you talking oh, about? Oh, yeah, I have, baby. That's <laughs> Bard and I are so close, we just... Okay, I don't want to look at you for a good two minutes. Brennan, <laughs> what's your, what your favorite class? You know, you growing... You said Bard, I'm going to lose it. No, not Bard. Um, like, I like a good in-between. Growing up, I was always fucking, like, barbarian, you know? I Whack. was definitely a power Hit player. It. Yeah, no, just Go roll in. the fucking die and get those Smack kills. It. Am I allowed yeah. to curse? Yeah, you're fine. Okay, you're cool. good. <laughs> Fuck your kids. Oh, um, nice, oh. nice. Um, 
But definitely like a power player playing for the loop, playing for just kills and like the glory, you know. Get your KD up. Um, exactly. <laughs> Keeping that KD, KD positive. But yeah, I d- playing with Tanner definitely and like other people and seeing like there's more to it than just like bashing schools in. So I like sit at like Rogue, Ranger, Elf, you know. They have, mm-hmm. I mean, they got a lot of soft skills. Got a, like a lot of... Manip- they can manipulate the environment and stuff. Yeah, and it's really fun to yeah. do that. So I, in between, they're like it, for me, it goes like Bard Rogue Ranger, so I'm like right there with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I just like casting spells. I love looking through the spell lists yeah. and just seeing all the kind of crazy shit that you can do. Mm. Um, and reading the description of spells, like I did that. Right. Yeah. No. Like, it's three shimmery bolts of light. Just like <laughs> smack him in the eyes, and he's dead. Right. It's funny because that's the part of D and D that w- has always interested me is like the spells, right? Like especially, like I love making spells, I love reading about spells, I love homebrew spells, Mm -hmm. but eventually you, like I know, like if I looked at a list, I would know all of the spells and I could guess at what they do and that gets boring for me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Hence why I also like tabletop games with interesting magical mechanics, like magic mechanics that Mm -hmm. aren't just, you know, roll the dice. I had a buddy, um, I have a friend, uh, his name is Drew. A buddy and a friend, wow. Yeah, I know. Hey, Drew. Uh, Yeah, Brennan knows Drew, too. He's great. Yeah, Drew's great. So Drew is making a game where you can combine magics, and, um, yeah, like, and I think that's really interesting, um, Mm -hmm. because, you know, that, like, changes how you think about magic in a tabletop game, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Is it, is it, like, magica? Like, is there kind of, like, an elemental thing Sort of. There can be, yeah. Or are there, like, physical, like, rules to things, and Mm -hmm. you can, like, manipulate how things behave? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, exactly. Like, kind of like that. Um, And that's really interesting. I think that's really cool. It's a really cool idea. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of number crunching because you have to keep things balanced. Right. So you don't just mix, like, necromancy with destruction or something. Yeah, and and then then you blow up the world. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So you have to, like, keep it balanced, but that's really cool, and I'd love to play it once he finishes it, if he ever does. Yeah. Um, but, really I mean, we're going to finish the game before he does. Lol. <laughs> Lol, Kappa. Yeah. Um, what the hell was I talking about? Oh, spells. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, spells um, is, fucking, is fucking awesome. Fuck, um, man. Fucking. Yeah, dude. All fuck. right. But. Jesus. I mean, fuck. You... Quakers. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you, okay, what's, um. If you can remember, mm-hmm. or or if you can choose one, for me it's the it's the former. Um, mm-hmm. What's a, what's a, one of your favorite moments from tabletop RPGs in so general? I DM'd a game with some of my best friends. Um, it like it was this campaign that was like very um, culturally diverse. Um, at least it, I tried to make it. It was an interesting world, sort of. Mm-hmm. I was young at the time. Kudos to you. Thank you, but um, you're doing better than the film industry. I'm trying my best. So it, there was they had this giant owl and they were riding around on it, like you know, traveling and stuff. And um, <laughs> so um, one of my players was like, "Hey, I want to betray the party, like in the final battle." And I was like, "Wow, that sounds really cool. Like, let's work with it." And mm-hmm. so um, he was really invested, worked really hard. Wow. Um, yeah, uh, it was Hayden, by the way. Of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We I all know. know Hayden. Yeah, exactly. Hayden. We all know Hayden. Agent yeah. of chaos. Yes, he is. I love him. So we um. Uh, we were working together, and then um, this part of this city is getting ransacked by this, like, rival empire. Like, people are dying. Like, fireballs are raining down from the sky. It's, like, like basically, like, an apocalypse in this, like, city, right? Right. And, um, like, the party is, like, trying to run, and this dragon just, like, lands, like, and they're, like, it's, like, talking and, like, 
Hayden like an, like hits one of the players like across head and then announces like his plans. He prepared this like two page long speech. Oh and my then god! My friend, uh, I think it was Brendan, rolled to hit him with an arrow. Crit used like a ton of abilities and one shot Hayden in the middle of his speech. In the middle <laughs> of his yeah, speech. Yeah, yeah, and um, Hayden died, died and then got pissed. He got so mad. Well, yeah, because he just yeah he, he worked so work. hard. Yes, he did. And then um, the yeah, that's pl- how DMs feel though. Yeah, literally. Don't even get me started. Yeah. So that was one moment of that campaign. And then a few minutes later, uh, the party was being tra- chased by this dragon. Mm-hmm. One of the players had died. Hayden had obviously died. So there were only two people left. Mm-hmm. Um, and the party is escaping on this owl. Um, the dragon's chasing them. And um, Oh, at least in Pathfinder, which is what we were playing at the time, um, if you take a bag of holding, which is a bag that can hold a lot of things, and a uh-huh. portable hole, which is basically e- just another bag of holding. Yes. Um, and Like put, an Acme situation? Sort of. Throw yeah, yeah. a hole? Literally, yeah, kind of like that. If you take those and put one in the other, it creates a black hole um, like oh. a, in space. Um, and so I kind of fudged it. Um, one of my players was like, I'm going to just jump towards the dragon and put that in the other and kill the dragon. Okay. And so I was like, I mean, roll for it. And he also rolled a natural 20. And so he jumped off the back of the owl at this dragon, did the thing, and then probably just got, like, eviscerated by, like, gravity and shit. But it was really (laughs) fucking cool. He he, uh, SD'd for the cause. Yeah, he He did. did. He he crom up beat and just took him down with him, you Mm -hmm. know? Free crime recovery. It was a good time. No, yeah, but stuff like that. I just love stuff like that. Those were like really epic moments. I have a lot of smaller moments that I love, but those are two that really stand out. Mm-hmm. Um, story I, time. Yeah, a story time part two. Um, I don't really have a whole lot. Um, I'm gonna go the smaller route. <laughs> sure. Yeah, um, that's fine. You did a whole dragon thing and, and yeah. super villain thing, but. <laughs> um, recently I did a, a one-on-one session with my friend Jen mm-hmm. and um, essentially what happened was we were in a cave and we were tracking down some poachers who had stolen an egg. Haha, <laughs> poaching an egg. I, that was the whole point. This. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember this. You told me. Um, Just for the pun. We were tracking down some poachers and I was um, like, a, like a 12-year-old NPC like, oh, hello, like little boy. Um, and... It was the smallest thing in the world. She was just like, um, we were like in the outside of a room looking in, and she was like telling me the plan of what she was about to do. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm going to do this spell, and then this and this and this. Um, but at the time, I was invisible. And so um, she was like talking, and she was like, all right, we're going to do this. And I was like, well, I'm over here because I'm invisible, right? Right. And so she was just talking to nothing. And I was actually like two feet over. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. So like sure. she's describing her plan, yeah. and then I'm like, oh, just no, like I'm those moments. Here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think those like small moments where there's just like, you know, everyone's like pitching in and like adding to this story and like this idea, and there's just like a feeling of camaraderie. That feels really good. That's a good feeling. When yeah, you have is. a good yeah. team and you're working together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my favorite games are when people just like are all on the same page. Yep. It's a great time. Or if you're being stupid, you know, that's fun too. As long as you're all like in, in the same mindset. Yeah. And you're making something happening, that's beautiful. Exactly. That's what I think. Easy peasy. That's a good Easy moment. peasy lemon squeezy. Mm-hmm. All right, it's fucking time for the presentation. Good boy. All right. <laughs> Okay. Let's get out some notes. Let's 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 punch each other. Well, a little I bit. don't. Wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, 
You first. Okay. <laughs> you first. The long one. Okay. You do the long one first. Um, right. I'm just gonna sit back. I'm gonna sit back away from the mic, way over here. So, uh, See you later, guys. So, okay, so, Tanner. Do your presentation. Yeah, so I'm an I'm unbiased third party, and I'm ready to yes. receive your pitch. So I have two ideas, but I'm gonna stick to one because that's what we agreed on. Okay. Um, I have uh, been working for the longest time uh, on this game idea um, where... How long? Uh, it's probably been about six months wow. that I've worked on it on and off. Okay. Like, it is It is a... Right now, it is a skeleton. I've Me saying I've worked on it for six months means every couple of months I work on it for a few hours. Okay. That's, <laughs> so, I was about to say, like, this is going to be something juicy. No, but. it's not. Okay. It's basically a skeleton of ideas right now. I see. I see. But it's a game where the players are um, band, like members of a band. Mm -hmm. So uh, your classes are based off of your instrument and your, uh, like the genre of music that you originate in, okay. right? So you can have like a rock drummer or a jazz bassist or mm -hmm. a pop guitarist, that sort of thing. And okay. depending on the combination of those two classes per se, um, you have certain skills, you have certain progression, etc. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. um, right now, the, I'm trying to figure out, I have been trying to figure out for the past six months how to make playing a song into a, like, playable mechanic. Because, right, like, my initial ideas was basically just what Guitar Hero does, where each person's like, I'm going to, there are certain song stats, right? And you have to maintain those song stats, right? They're just, like, solid numbers, right? Right. So you have, say, rhythm, meter, and harmony. Those are arbitrary. I don't remember if that's actually what they are. But, um... So say the bass is like, I'm going to contribute to rhythm. They can roll the dice, and depending on their roll, they can add, they can add like 10 to the rhythm and like keep it maintained. If a song stat goes to zero, then the song fails. If it goes to like say the max number it is, which may be 50, it may be 100, whatever it is, if it goes to that max or above that max, then it also fails. Does that make sense? So you're trying to like maintain, you're trying to like, keep the song stat like above its minimum but below its maximum at all times okay so say like the meter is at 90 right okay. and it's at 100 you don't want to contribute to it maybe because right. then it might go over okay and so um say you have a drummer guitarist and a bassist and they're all trying to manage these stats throughout the song however many turns that ends up being and um like making sure that nobody like like you have to be cohesive because you don't want people to like add to the wrong stat and you know um there's this time limit maybe where like each turn you can only you have like 10 seconds to say what you're doing so you kind of have to like think ahead and stuff um and the dm can uh enter effects like uh your amp is like going haywire and so like a certain stat can take a big hit stuff like that mm -hmm. so right now that's the main mechanic of how you'd go about that okay there are other um auxiliary mechanics that can like that are built around that um, things like set lists. There's a manager class that is all about like setting up the performance, planning things out. Um, I'm kind of playing with it and working with it a lot, um, and I have been for a while. I've gotten some good feedback, but it's very much still in the like right. beginning, beginning stages. Bones and ligaments. Yeah, exactly. It's bones. Okay. Um, do you have any questions? I do. I do have questions. Um, I love questions. Um. So, okay, so the main goal, so pretty much the whole idea is um, maintain 
stats, right, and, like, contribute and, I guess, plan out how to play a song or, like, you know, a set list or as a band. Yeah. Right. So right. that's the goal. Yes. Pretty much. You're, you're performing. Yeah. Thing. But um, part of the problem I've had is trying to create narrative out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Because, like, there are mm-hmm. plenty of, like, in Dungeons & Dragons, narrative arises very naturally. It's very easy to. Right. Um, because there are a lot of fantasy stories that you can, that a DM can base their story off of. Yeah. But there aren't a lot of stories about a band performing. There are stories about bands dealing with drug addiction and about bands, um, mm-hmm. you know, like, dealing with, like, fame. But there aren't a lot of stories about bands just doing performances so you're maybe trying to figure out how like why why perform in the first place yeah like right. what how do you create a story around mm-hmm. that in D, you go and you kill the dragon because yeah you and there's someone. a story yeah right and there's a story yeah and that Whereas, like that arises naturally okay but in a I band see. like why are you performing and that's kind of trying right. like that is entirely up to the dm obviously but there mm-hmm. should be mechanics in my opinion to facilitate that and that's hard to figure out right now for me that's one of the troubles i'm having I see. Okay, you have you have to make it cohesive enough where it's doable and it's a thing. But at the same time, not like too easy, and there's just like there's no thrill and yeah, no exactly. Point. You right. need to like have conflict and yeah. have, let the DM be able to like make wow. stuff up easily. So a lot of that conflict would be in. I mean, how would you be decide? Would you be using die? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So I've been messing around with this too. Um, how to actually like do like engage with the mechanic through whether yeah. that's through dice or some other system. Right now, I'm going with dice because it's very easy to mathematically figure out. Okay. But I'm sure there are other ways. I just haven't figured them out yet. I've been kind of messing around with the idea of an app to help play the game, but that's very mm. hard, and I'm not a good programmer. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but hey, maybe we start early. <laughs> um, do you have any other questions? Um, yeah. W- w- to to play something, then, would you need, like, a whole band? I'm sure you wouldn't, but, like... Would the game not function or flow as properly without like a classical, you know, like four, four or yeah, like a three number. piece? Um, right. So the uh, that's something I think consider too. So say a, a guitarist wants to go up and play an acoustic song. Not every song has the same stats, right? I mentioned those song stats earlier. Mm-hmm. So um, I've mentioned harmony, rhythm, etc. Um, the DM can make it so that maybe a song only has two stats, and the guitarist just has to keep up with those, like despite okay. setbacks and stuff like so that. So you just you take out, you, you modify the song. The DM modifies the song based on the performance, and I think creating a system on how to do that would be really beneficial because I have not done that yet. Mm-hmm. But that is like like it is possible in theory to just play with one member or two members, etc. Okay, this as a concept is kind of hard for me to wrap my head around already because I'm not like. Super musically, yeah, no, and that's, know, I don't have yeah, a lot of experience in that. That's part of the um, problem too, is trying to figure out how to like right. make somebody understand those ideas. I'm sure there are plenty of barriers of entry. To yes, that too, and, yeah, and finding your motivation for why mm-hmm. you know, is probably a big thing. And one of the things I wanted to consider too while making this was music education. If there was a way to like subtly like teach people Maybe. how to like you know like understand some of this stuff, that would be really cool, right? Like that'd be like. Like, make it fun, obviously, not make the focus education, but, like, people just picking up, like, oh, this is how a chord works, or, like, a chord progression. Mm -hmm. Like, this is, like, what a jazz chord progression typically looks like. Like, you could line up, like, these numbers to, I I guess, And just, like, yeah, like, people intuitively, like, oh, like, like, I'm playing this game, and, like, oh, this makes sense. Like, now I kind of, like, get the theory. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, There are a lot of possibilities with it, I think. I have no idea how you'll figure that out. Yeah. Oh no. It'll be. It'll be so <laughs> it fucking hard. Sounds like hard. a big, big, big challenge. Yeah. It's big like. Challenge. And these are just ideas, right? Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Part of the whole, you know, podcast is figuring that stuff out. 
Aaron okay. and I talking about it and designing it. Awesome. We're going to play it. That's interesting. Mm, yeah. Though I've never heard of that. Yeah. I mean, music, you know, centered around music. Cause right, because it's hard to do. You can't. Yeah. Like, it, like it's a vocal medium, not a... Okay. Odd, like you know, like a, you don't play instruments when you play D and D. I see. Hence why I wanted to try it, but also why I'm having trouble with trouble it. with it, right? Because yeah. you have no reference material, pretty much. No one's put it into it, like somewhere except for like Guitar Hero, right? Yeah, exactly. But that's not at all. You can't do that. Yeah, yeah like with the game. Saying right, yeah, you can't roll to like use your finger to move this way. Making a game where the rolling is just Guitar Hero. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting. <laughs> First of all, it probably breaks some sort of copyright law and also is a little, like, weird. It doesn't but, sound hey, all that fun. Yeah, but, yeah. hey, it's possible. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, ve- so very much so in the works. Very much so in the works. Yeah. Figuring things out. Yeah. It yeah. sounds like a cool concept. Thank you. If you figure anything out, that would be, like, mind-blowing. Right. If it was, like, if it made sense, you know, it flowed. And yeah, it I think it would be really cool. That'd be, that'd be interesting. One of the things I was considering, too, is basically making the management part, like, for the DM, a completely separate, like, single-player game. Not like, 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 where the, like, maybe there's, like, a deck of cards and, like, the, um, there are single-player, like, tabletop games, quote-unquote, mm. where the DM plays a game and then that informs how they DM the next session. Right. Okay. So that's something I've been considering too. Is if management as the DM or as that class even is worth looking at as a single player concept. Right. I think it's hard to tie all those things in. It, it is because then you you're no longer dealing with like you no longer have to ask yourself the question of like th- th- how to number like all the instruments because then it's like a totally different thing. Right. Well, yeah. And it, like maybe cards are a part of the game. Like there's a lot of directions to take it, but I'm oh, adding okay. a lot. So. Like, these so are you don't know if it's tabletop then, totally. I mean, that's a, talk about the definition of a tabletop game, right? Got it. Is Speech car- predominantly. Yeah, exactly. Well, okay. And I don't even like is we Mold, talked about this a little time, bit. Medium, tabletop. Exactly. You got an app. You got cards. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe maybe you have music. Literally. Yeah. Exactly. Huh. And just figuring that out. Okay. So, anyways, that's my idea. I that was very rambled. Sadly, I didn't it's have okay. access to a PowerPoint. You kid. I should have. Not like I'm sure Aaron will. In his 30-second elevator speech. Oh, boy, do I. Oh, boy. Gonna sit back. Oh, boy. All right. Let me get out my notes. No pressure. Let me just get out my notes. You're good. What's fun about this is there are aspects of this that you haven't heard, Tanner. Ooh, I'm excited. I have changed things. You've changed the game. I've changed the game. Revolutionary. All right, so here's the deal. You ready for this shit? I'm ready for this shit. So you are part of an elite team of first responders, right? Um, going through the uh, the sort of the, um, what is it called? Like damage control of, of tornadoes and floods, tsunamis, earthquakes, all that jazz, right? Um, and your team is not just ordinary folk. Get ready for this fucking Tanner, all right? You ready for this? <laughs> Um, you are each um, can be masters of a certain element. So um, you will essentially be like the master of air or water or earth or fire. Okay. And with these powers, you can influence the disasters in ways that normal responders couldn't. Like while they're happening. While they're happening, yes. Okay. So, for example, if there was a flood coming in and it was going to... um, you know, hit a school, you would work with your team of 
of people to to move the water or right. to shape the air or to shape the ground around the school to prevent that from happening. Okay. And our quick question: Are we calling these benders? I don't want to call it air. I don't want to call them benders because of obvious reasons. Um, okay. So I want to look into different words like yeah. masters of the elements or whatever, right? Okay. Um, but essentially, they are they are sort of benders, right? This mm-hmm. is inspired, obviously, by um, a few things. But um, the time. the main mechanic is you're shaping um, elements like Avatar, okay. right? Um, although it's important to note that I have never seen Avatar: The Last Airbender. Never, I have never seen the last Avatar: so The Last you Airbender. Missing, yeah, you should watch it. It's um, a cute show. It just blows the yeah, everything off. out of the, yeah, yeah. water. But anywho, so well, back to the back to my pitch. So you're in a, you're a team of it's elite. Been longer than thirty seconds. I'm Sawi. <laughs> this is a long elevator. No it's, a, it's a big building. We're going up all the way up. Um, it's yeah, an, so you're an elite team of first responders um, of, of any any mix. It could be you know two two waters or uh, you know a fire and an air. It doesn't really mm-hmm. matter, right? Okay. Because um, how you use your abilities is flexible. Um, like you can find ways to use um, fire to deal with water. You know, um, if you're smart enough or strong enough, right? Um, and so the the other mechanics and the other things they have to deal with is. Um, there's essentially three three things I was looking into because I was thinking about D&D. And I know in D&D you have exploring, you have fighting, and you have role-playing. And they all place, like a, they're, all, they're all a big deal, right? Yeah. They, they all work together to create a tabletop. Right. So as far as exploring, the exploring aspect of this game would be exploring towns or maybe the ruins of the town because they just got hit with something mm-hmm. um, to save people, right? Um, or it can also be if you have the the time to react to it, like a tsunami, it can be preparing for it, so that you have a little more um, a little more protection for the people, right? Okay. Um, the fighting aspect will be um, mainly like ninety percent is dealing with the disasters themselves, right? Dealing with the earthquakes okay. or the like, you know. Um, like landlines falling, electricity, right? Gotcha. Um, any any number of things that can happen in an emergency response. Um, but also, there's a ten percent part of this that I've considered, which is complications, like looters and arsonists, the okay. people that actually like started the fire intentionally, and dealing with them. So there's ten percent where it's like the the deals. It's not a hundred percent nature. There's also other things you have to consider and other. Um, conflicts, other fights, right, that you right. have to deal with. Okay. And the last thing would be role-playing. So um, you have to talk to townsfolk. You have to talk to um, work with police or the mayors, right? And so you automatically have NPCs um, on a small scale. You can make a small campaigns with just like a town. Mm-hmm. Or you can make it a large scale where it's an entire state that's an emergency, right? And um, how you choose the NPCs and influences the story. Um, the last thing is, um, we talked about talking, you know, working with people and, um, saving people, right? And the last main thing is a morale meter. So the more people you save and the better you do at your job, the higher morale is, which means that in a high morale state, um, people are listening to your orders for evacuations and listening to you. Whereas if you fail to do your job as a team and more people are dying or the fires are spreading, what have you, 
there's low morale, which leads to anarchy. And so not only are you dealing with... Um, like, like maintaining this level of morality, like kind of the decisions you make affect it, I'm sure. And then it's going to like continue to affect like um, what happens on in the future or in different situations. Yeah, okay. so... You're balancing... As an example, say you're um, you're in some you're like in a home and it's collapsing, and you tell somebody to you know get out like right now. Mm-hmm. If you are low on morale and they've seen that your team hasn't been successful and they don't trust you, mm-hmm. they might say, "No, I'm going to stay here and save them myself." Right. Whereas if you're high on morale and you've done a good job and they respect you, then you say, "Get out of here right now," and they go, "Okay, sure," and right. they leave. Okay. Um, so, okay. Um, obviously, you can see that um, there there will be sort of a well. I, I want there to be sort of like a spell list with the, you know, with the different uh, masters of the elements. I want there Got to it. be um, a list of things you can see and unlock and and strive towards so that you can um, impact the events on a larger okay. scale. Right. You have you have bigger spells. You have bigger. Bigger things you can do. You can shape the the rock in, in bigger ways, right? Mm-hmm. To create barriers or to you know split the earth. Or if you're a low level, right? You can only um, like move dust and stuff. You know you. Oh wow. You know you can like move the sand or whatever to, okay. to snuff out a small flame. I see. Um, um, there. I feel like there's a lot of um, um, replayability because of how many different um, emergency events could happen. Um, I feel like there's um, something to work towards because you can start off as, you know, a team of just sort of noobs, right? Mm-hmm. Where you are still getting a grip on your powers of the air or of the of the of the water, right? And working your way up towards, um, you know, saving entire cities or saving maybe the world, <laughs> right? Shut right. Up. No, yeah, no, totally. Um, that's my pitch. Okay, can I? Okay. Me? Aaron? Yes. Great job. That was a great presentation. It was well organized. It wants me it wants it makes me want to go back and fix mine because yours was so good. So Woo! I applaud you. I concur. I concur. Thanks. That was that was nice and concise and organized. Um I am open to questions. So, I think there are probably questions. But I wanna uh point out the kind of like big pieces that you made clear. Um like Obvious, like, progression. There's, like, a big sense of progression. Mm-hmm. Um, replayability, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, definitely a lot of it is, like, kind of the foundations are inspired in, in like, D&D. You have, like, combat. You have um, interaction with NPCs mm-hmm. and, like, that leveling system. And, um, I had time out. I didn't pause. Sure. Take so, a moment. If Tanner? I may, Aaron, yeah, well, we'll just talk. Um, that makes me like think about my my idea for my game, because mm-hmm. like, and this is just like you know, because I'm thinking about it, like, mm-hmm. you we talk about customizability, right? Mechanics yes. and like adding like um, pedals, like for guitarists or like different amps and stuff like that adds like a layer of customizability that I think would be really fun. Right. So, do you, what type of world do you think this would be set in, or would you just leave that open to like, like what vibes are you going for, like that kind of like mystic or or very much so like, kind of placed in reality? Like, where are you aligning more with? Like, the fantasy or, like, actual, like, emergency response? Um, I want to... It's it's more a reality. It's okay. it's not, you know, everyone 
is um, sort of a, a master of the element to their to, to their own degree. Okay. Right? Not everyone has this ability. Um, it's right. it's real disasters, and um, I want to you know focus more on on the like the morale aspect, like saving mm-hmm. people and being a hero, right? Right. And um, so I think it's it's I want it to be more in reality and less fantasy. The I just wanted to add the fantasy element of um, actually like controlling, um, you know, controlling air, controlling water, because mm-hmm. that made the most sense for emergency responders. It's a central deviation from reality that makes it really interesting. Yeah. Whereas a real with fantasy setting, it's not so like amazing. You know, yeah. so if you maintain if everything is like in a realistic world and you get that like one little thing that's kind of different, it makes it all more more exciting. Mm-hmm. And great. So Brennan. Yeah. Do you have any more questions, Ryan? Um, let's see here. It sounds like a die type of game. What does that mean? Like you use you a dice. Roll, you roll, roll dice. dice. Oh, yeah. I was like, so, death? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you think you kill your players? I mean, do you think there'll be room to kill players? I'm sure. Absolutely. NPCs will die, players will die. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's disasters, so there will be death. If you're if you're stupid and you and you don't use your powers or you don't use your, your smarts, um, then you could absolutely die because if you play dumb, you're gonna die. That's just how it is, yeah. and that's how it should be for every game, right? If you yeah, like, sure. even Tetris. If you if you play it stupid, you're just gonna lose immediately. Um, so if you just run into a building and you're like, I can do this, and you go alone, okay, and it's on fire or it's like um, right, Aaron's collapsing, school. then it's, Aaron. it's a realistic game. So that you put a lot of like, I think you talked a lot about like the planning and part of stuff. So that's mm-hmm. gonna be like really integral to like. Um, sessions and stuff. Yeah, sessions and stuff. like The, the narrative, pre- like, flow. Yes. Um, the planning and what to do and, like, execution and, um, like, information collection. Aaron's school of game design is if you're stupid, you can't play games. <laughs> if you're stupid, no the game ends quick. For the dum-dums. <laughs> exactly. Um, I would say it also leaves room for the DM to um, be a little more flexible because they can make the, the, the game... Just immediate, like you're just in a town. There's a tornado. Like, what do you do, right? You right. can you can make it very quick, or you can take more time and say, um, "Hey, you're in a town, and the weather's kicking up, and you know it's 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 shown that it's like fucking tornado county, right? So um, you might want to start preparing. Um, so you can make it as as um, role play oriented as you'd like. You okay. can have a lot of NPCs and have um, a lot of interactions with people. Um, or you can make it more focused on just dealing with the dealing with the um, the hazards and dealing with the conflict. So, um, another question: How strict is like the world setting going to be? Are you going to leave it open for DMs to kind of craft it, or are you like kind of going to like put clear parameters on how like things work and like what type of um, you know NPCs you're interacting with? Like the, you mentioned the mayor, right? Or like you know a, a higher level officer. Or something. Um, I think that it should be more open for the NPCs. I like the the morale meter, right? I'd like them to either be um, immediately kind to you, neutral to you, or like don't respect you immediately. Hmm. So, say you're in a town where in the past um, the the re- first responders failed, right? Right. Then that entire town is either neutral or doesn't like you immediately. Got it. Or if you're in a town where um, it's like it's a richer it's a richer town or a richer city. Then 
um, they're like, oh, the elite responders. Oh, you guys are cool. Authority. So they, yeah, authority. We like that. We then like that. they all are on par with you. So um, I know in D&D you have, like, chaotic and, like, evil, and there's like, there's, like, nine or so that you can choose from. But I think all the NPCs across the board should either um, respect you or neutral mm. or um, don't respect yeah. you at all. Um, or unless they're, like combative like NPC like a like an enemy piece. Yeah, if they're an enemy then they just they just don't respect they're you. They're doing bad right? stuff. Right. Okay. Um if they're an arsonist then they're just they're doing it, you know, for their own thrill or whatever, right? Okay. Or maybe they have ulterior motives, who cares? Mm-hmm. Um that's up to your discretion. I f- so I feel like a lot of this is mostly surrounded off of um the natural di- uh, disaster and like relief part of the problem solving. I, how are you going to like try and keep the attention of DMs kind of like far from fighting with other like NPC characters. You're gonna like are you gonna focus it mainly on like you know keeping the fire low or like dodging these um, electrical lines. Right. The core of the game should be um, interacting with the the hazards. Right. It should okay. be doing um, what is it called? Um, emergency responding. The core of the game. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. The core of the game is emergency response. It okay. should be focused on okay. um, helping people and interacting with hazards. Um, I just mentioned that 90%, that's 90% of the game, and the 10% is the complications where, oh, it's actually an arsonist and not just natural. Oh, okay. So um, I want to leave that 10% because there should be room for disasters and, right. um, and floods to be man-made. Or maybe, right. like, yeah, the government's on it or something right. like that, or the mayor's corrupt. But that, but in most of the cases, 90% of the case, you're literally just dealing with NPCs, like, helping people that are actually innocent, right? Okay. And, and trying to minimize the damage so that you your morale is high and, yeah. you know, you save people. Um, the 10% leaves room for just if you want to have that kind of game where there's, a, there's an actual figure or an actual um, society behind the situation... Then cool. There's a 10% where you can you can have that encounter. Okay. But I'd like it to stay rooted in controlling disasters. I see. I know you guys run out of time. Um, you mentioned customi- customization ability is one of your favorite things. It would, is. Would, would is that going to be? Do you foresee that being a part of? Um. Yes. I only have the like the core elements, right? Fire, air, um, water, and earth, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And. That would essentially be sort of your, that's your class, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as far as customizability, all I have in my mind right now is um, basically all you can do with your powers, right? With air, you can do any number of things. Um, you can, like, silence the, like, create a vacuum around a flame to snuff it out, right? Um, or you can, I guess, kick up sand I mentioned earlier. I guess... Um, the the ground and the air can both interact with sand, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so ma- the main customizability lies in your powers right now, okay. not necessarily um, your background or equipment or anything. Um, or I did write down equipment, but it wasn't thought out enough for me to want to present it. But um, if you're an emergency responder, of course you have equipment. I would like there to be. Um, you know, like rewards, right? So if you if you do a good job, you should get equipment that helps you do your job better, right? So you should get like flame resistant, um, like suits, right? Or you should get 
um, stuff that helps you do your powers better. Um, but that's really that's really flexible and really vague right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the equipment could be, but in a world where you're responding to disasters and interacting with this stuff on the daily, um, there's, a, there's a lot of equipment you could make. Um, it could be, you know, I don't want it to be magical in nature. I want it to be more with the elements, but... Nice. It could I mean, be like firefighters, fire-resistant suits. And yeah, like, you can also do vehicles okay. and stuff like that, you know, getting Ooh. around the fires or tsunamis, you know what I mean? Trucks, vans, motorcycles, cars, helicopters, planes. I didn't even consider vehicles, but, but hell yeah. Hell yes. So, anyways, Brennan. Coolio. Brennan. Yes. You got to choose. It's all up to you. Brennan. This is, this is all up to you. This is your choice. And if you can, explain a little Definitely bit. Definitely Aaron's. <laughs> 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 like... Hey, I mean, it's more like I can I can picture it. Like I have an image sure, in my yeah. head. I know what's happening. I have a better sense of like what's gonna happen and how it's gonna happen. And I understand where like what's fun and like where I'm gonna derive gratification or pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of teamwork. I mean, yours is like teamwork is really integral, right? Right to the whole thing. Um, but Aaron's is. I think there's a lot more flexibility in how you fail and how that failure is going to affect the future and how you succeed and how success will affect, you know, the future in these campaigns or games yeah. or, or missions or whatever. Um, and, like, you know, the D&D, um, you know how D&D goes about, you said, you mentioned the three elements. It was the storytelling, it was combat. and Exploration. Exploration. Yes. That's, like, that's a great foundation. It works. It's been working for years. Um, and so you, you know, taking on that, um, I think it makes sense. It's good. It's mm-hmm. doable. Yeah. So, um, good job, Aaron. Thank Aaron's you. Also, a big Avatar fan. I <laughs> am not, apparently. Katara, bless That's going to be Girl. part of our research is you watching Avatar The Last Airbender. Not yeah. Korra. You can, I mean, Korra's fine. But. Oh, dude, like, you definitely should because they get all creative with how they yeah, use Yeah, you actually need these to. Abilities like, if we're going to be doing this, you need to. I'm going to make you watch that. There's show. a lot of natural disaster, actually, that I can literally, carries the storyline. I can give you. I can get the DVDs for my father. He loves that show. I just pirated online. I will <clears> say. <throat> I will say I watched episode one and two because I was like, oh, fuck, this is just this. I need to know what they do. And all I got was that Aang is, is kind of cute and that he plays with penguins. And um, penguin seals. my friends hate Katara for some reason. What? That's weird. She's a bit of a control freak, but we love uh, her anyways. She's back and forth. I get that. Oh, and I love the uncle. Oh, Iro? Uncle Iroh, yeah. Uncle Iroh's the best. Hilarious. Yeah, Iroh's the best. Uncle Iroh's awesome. He was so, he's just like, I'm going to go take a fat nap and drink some tea. Bro. You can be a little fucking yeah. crybaby up front that. <laughs> he was just like so real. He was the one voice of reason throughout the entire show yes, that literally. was never plagued by like stupidity. Yeah, Uncle yeah. Iroh's the best. Next to that is um the Sokka. Yeah. Sokka's, Sokka's great too. Sokka's yeah. definitely great. Sokka. Um, so much Aaron character Sokka. But anyway. Eh? Nothing. And what? Yeah, Aaron's Aaron, Yeah, Aaron's Aaron Zucker. Um, you'll see. Watch yep. the freaking show. <laughs> yeah, shut up. Um, okay, well. I'm Zuko. That's it. Anyways. I guess we're going to be doing Aaron's idea. I'm excited. I have Woo! a lot of ideas already. This is going to be a fun time, Aaron. Whoop. We're going to have so much fun. I think you guys have fun. Uh, what yeah. is... Uh, what are we doing next? Do you know what? I- First of all, Brandon, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Brennan, thank you so much. It was enjoyable. It was interesting. This is new. Yeah, it's nice, right? I, I, I've had a lot of fun for, on this so Have you ever been on a wildly popular podcast? Not a wildly popular one, but I've been on this well, one. Well, you still haven't. 
<laughs> we both were at the same point. Um, okay, so yeah, um, our next show. Uh, we're let's let's do research. Let's talk. Let's start doing research about mm-hmm. um, the genre that we wanted like work in. Mm-hmm. Um, Why are you eating again? Please wait. put that away. Is you that can a, wait five a, minutes. Is this a no-no, guys? Yes. It's a big no-no. They could probably hear you yeah, crunching. Mic, yeah, I can probably. Do you actually it. think yes. so? Yes. Look how sensitive this is. Well, like we'll show it to you afterwards. Okay. I'm sorry. It's okay. So, um, thank you for being here. <laughs> I appreciate you. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I so, hope I was good. I hope I. Yeah, I hope, you did help a I lot. Hope that mattered actually. No, that that did. Thank you. Okay. Um, so yeah, we'll do research about genre, um, mm-hmm. and we'll start talking about the initial stages. We'll lay out maybe a roadmap. Mm-hmm. Um, like the st- initial steps that we need to take in the next episode and start talking about um, like fleshing the idea out, going a little more in depth into it and talking about like genre and research. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yes. Um, okay. Thank you. Wait guys. a minute. No, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> we all turned. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> yes. Thank you. We're ready for this. <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Um, we appreciate it. Thank you, Brian, for being on the podcast. Thank, thank you, you for engaging on this journey with me, Aaron. Uh, so shout outs to, to my friend Ari for listening to this podcast. Uh, shout out to all of my friends who shout out to I Drew hope, Barrett. Yeah, Drew, I love you, man. Shout out to Drew Barrett. Shout it's out to Nikhil. Oh, we probably shouldn't say his name. Shout, shout out to Drew. Nikhil. Shout out to, <laughs> shout out to, shout out yeah. to Hayden. He's Canadian. He's shout six out foot two. To Lucas. Uh, he goes to college in Canada. So have fun with that. Have Drew. fun with that. Shout out to shout out to Ty the Surgeon for making my shirt that much better. Have a great rest of your week. Bye. Bye.